What Jesus is offering you is eternal life. Look, I know you guys, a lot of y'all are new to our church, and we're relatively new to this location. I can't keep saying that forever, but I get to say it for a little bit longer. Uh, but there was a time when we did not have all these singers and musicians, and it was just Sherry on the piano. And I would be willing to say that right now, if Sherry was thankful for something, she's probably pretty thankful that she's not the only one singing and playing uh, to have everybody here. So I really am thankful. When I say that, I, I say thank you to these guys. I really mean it. You, if you're ever in a, in a situation where there's 12 people and one lady singing and playing, it's not near as enthusiastic as when we're all singing and there's a whole bunch of instruments. So anyways, I really mean it when I say thank you. Uh, grab a Bible and look at Genesis chapter 4 and find verse 16. And when you find that, I want to tell you a story. It's not my story, and I cannot for the life of me remember where I've heard it. I tried all week. I tried to look it up. I can't find it. I know one of you, because you all are my biblical scholars in here, and you've got commentaries, and you know some of these things. So somebody's going to come to me and be like, it's this guy. Whoever it is, I'm sorry that I can't give credit to him. It's, it's not my story. I just remember it from, I have it in memory, but I don't remember where I, where I read it or where I heard it, who I heard it from. But there was a, a young preacher in Texas and he moved into town, and his goal was to go and invite all the people of the town to his church. And so he went out door knocking and knocking on their doors and saying, Hey, would you like to come to church with me? And if opportunity would present itself, he would uh, share the gospel wherever he was. And, and uh, he kept hearing about this oil baron, this guy that had a, a whole bunch of land and the richest guy in the town. And everybody kept warning him. You better not, his goal was really to get literally every house. And they said, you better not go to this guy. You better not go to this guy. Well, that was the challenge to the young preacher. And so he went and knocked on the door of this oil baron's house. It was up a long driveway. And it was, uh, it was a, a big, giant mansion of a house. And the young preacher went and knocked on the door. And when he knocked on the door, a servant answered the door. And uh, he said he wanted to talk to the owner of the house. And so the servant went and got the owner and... He came and puffed his chest out as he opened up the door and he said, young man, what do you have for me? And so the young man, as best he could to share the gospel with the guy and told him that Jesus came to this earth as the son of God came to this earth and lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death. And then he rose again to offer new life. And it was in that moment that the oil baron kind of smirked a little bit and he said, come with me. And he took the boy upstairs onto a balcony off of the upstairs of his house. And he pointed, he said, young man, what do you see all the way out that direction? And the young preacher said, oh, well, I see a nice town that the Lord's called me to preach at a church, and I'd love for you to come to our church, and tried to put another little plug in. And he said, you're right, young man, that town is a, is a wonderful town. I own that town. I pay for the roads, and I pay for the construction, and all the businesses are mine, and, and everybody who pays rent, they pay it to me. I own that town. That is my town. And he said, look over that way. What do you see over there? And the young preacher said, well, I see a large field and a bunch of oil pumps. He said, that's exactly right. He said, those are my pumps. And with every pump, I make more money. He said, I've got more money than I know what to do with. And every one of those is mine. He said, look over that way and you tell me what you see. And the young preacher said, well, I see a beautiful mountain range. Mountainous region, it's beautiful. And he said, that's right. And as far as your eye can see, I own it. He said, I own those mountains. That's my property. It's on my land. As far as you can see, I own everything. It's my town. Those are my mountains. Those are my oil pumps. What in the world could your God offer me? And the young preacher, without missing a beat, he said, Well, you showed me your land there and over there and over there, but you missed up there. 
And he said, what Jesus is offering you is eternal life. Today we're going to talk about Cain. And when we look down the line of Cain, uh, I, I like to, when I read the scriptures, I like to look at the scriptures kind of with fresh eyes and just say, without, without getting encumbered by what I've always been told from everyone else, if you just read and see what it says for yourself... And when we read the story of Cain, if you take everything else out of the story of Cain, we know that Cain killed Abel, but then there's a little more to the story that we read here. We're going to read of this city that Cain builds. And I want to show you today that the thing that Cain is missing in his lineage and the people that came from him is, if I can use my illustration, is any property up there. You ready to read it with me? It's, it's Genesis chapter 4 and verse 16. Do you have it? And then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Arad, and to Arad, uh, and Arad begot Mahujael, and Mahujael begot Methushael, and Methushael begot Lamech. And then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah, and Ada bore Jabel, and he was the father of all those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. And as for Zillah, she also bore Tubal Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Naamah. And then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. The wives of Lamech, listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. In verse 25, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son in his name, and named him Seth. For God had appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he called his name, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we turn to you. Father, here's a passage of scripture before us that we've probably read a hundred times, and we feel like we know it. And Father, if there's one thing that I know about you, you are eternal. And your word is everlasting. And it is living. So Father, I pray that we would not glaze over this today. But Lord, that we would dig deep and we would see what you have for us. And Father, that you would help us to understand your word. Father, how easily we become proud that we understand your word. I pray that you would help us to put that pride aside. That we would look at your word and hear from you and hear from your spirit. And Father, I pray that during the preaching of your word that we would truly worship you in spirit and in truth because you are the only one worthy to be worshipped. May your name be glorified during this time of your preached word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, look, it's verse 16. The big statement to start out with. Remember Cain and Abel, right? Cain brought the fruit. Abel brought an offering of blood, a blood offering, a lamb, and... Cain got mad because God accepted Abel's offering, but God didn't accept Cain's, right? Cain takes his brother out into the field, rises up against him, and he kills his brother Abel. Cain kills Abel. 
And then remember, God cursed Cain. And what, did it, what was the curse? Remember that God gave a curse, but then Cain kind of kept adding some stuff to it. Remember when we, when we did that? Cain, God said to Cain that you're, the ground is cursed because your brother's blood is calling out to me from the ground. So the ground is cursed, and you'll no longer be able to bring fruit. You won't, you won't be able to grow fruit anymore. Remember, that's what you had a tiller of the ground, Cain, and then Abel, he herded the sheep. He was a shepherd. And so Cain, God cursed him and says, you won't be able to do that anymore. You can no longer get fruit from the ground. It will not yield It's fruit to you. You are cursed from anything that would come up out of the ground. And then he said this. He said, you'll be a fugitive and a vagabond is what you're going to be. And Cain said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Remember what he added. He said, because the ground's not going to, it's not going to yield its fruit to me anymore. And you're driving me out from your face. But God didn't say he was driving him out from his face, did he? No. And then Cain said, and then anybody who finds me, they're going to kill me. And remember what? The Lord said to that, he said, well, he'll put a mark on him. He said, I'll put a mark on you that anyone who finds you will know that they cannot kill you. Or if they do, that, uh, that they'll, they'll be in trouble for killing you. And we see Lamech, he'll repeat that later. So there's this mark on Cain. That's where we ended last week. And then look at this in verse 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain left the presence of the Lord. That's different than what we saw with Adam and Eve. Remember, God creates the world. He creates the world in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Remember, he created Adam and Eve, and he put them, Adam and the woman, and he put them into the garden. Remember that? Just shake your head. Yeah, he put them in the garden. And so they're in the Garden of Eden. But remember that uh, they could have of all of the fruit, any fruit they wanted, with the exception of one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But they ate of that tree. That's the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, you probably don't have to turn back a page. Just look back at chapter 3, the last verse of, of chapter 23. So chapter 3 and verse 24 of Genesis. And look at the difference here. Remember that there was a tree of life in the garden and God didn't want them to get to the tree of life because he didn't want them stuck on this earth forever. So he, what's he do in verse 24 of chapter 3? So he drove out man and he placed cherubim on the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. In Genesis chapter 3, God drives out Adam. Get out. You cannot be in here because the tree of life is in here. And he drove Adam out. But when you get to chapter 4 and verse 16, what do you see? Then Cain went out. I want everybody to listen to this. You all got to really pay attention. You can walk away from the Lord. Now, do not twist what I said and walk out here and say, that pastor said you can lose your salvation. No, I didn't say you can lose your salvation. I said you can walk away from the Lord. And you can walk away from the Lord. We see this often, that men choose to walk away from the Lord. Now, for some people, some people who are... Uh, come and they, they show a form of godliness, but it's not a faith. And some people, they, they, they come as if they've, they've been saved. I remember a young man, and he was in a desperate situation, and he came to church, and he got saved. I'm putting that in quotes. He, he got saved. He walked the aisle. He said the prayer. He did all the stuff. He got baptized. I was there when he got baptized. He went home, and he had all these Metallica CDs and Tool CDs. If you don't know who Tool is, that's a band, not, a, not an instrument for working. He had this, ba- this band called Tool, and he went home. He snapped them. I remember it. He snapped his CDs, and he threw them out, and he said, I don't want those anymore around me. I'm going to get rid of all that stuff. I, I don't want that in my life anymore. He said he wanted to live for God. But then he got mixed up with a girl. I'll tell another story in a moment. This seems like this is a common thread. But anyway, so it so gets mixed up with a girl and they got married. And when they got married, they started toying around with sin. 
I don't want to go into any, into any specifics, but they start sinning, and that's where it started. They started toying around with sin, and before you know it, then I'm talking with him, and you know what he told me? He said he was agnostic. Now, I was there when he got saved. I was there when he broke the CDs. I was, I was there when he said he, was, he wanted to follow the Lord, but now all of a sudden he's agnostic. And then even more, as life went on, things just progressively went downhill, and today he is an avid atheist, and his wife is an avid atheist. What happened to those two? Didn't he get baptized? Didn't he get saved? Did he lose his salvation? Well, the Bible's clear about this. I'm not going to turn us to this one, but you know the Bible does say that he, they left us because they were not of us. What happened with that young man is this. It's just like the seeds. Remember Jesus tells the parable of the seeds and some seed falls on stony ground and some seed falls on among the thorns and some seed falls on good ground. And so that young man's an example of somebody who they heard the word and it started to produce. It started to, to, to seem like there was something, but it didn't take any root because it wasn't truly rooted in faith. And then there's another side too. There's believers, people who truly believe. Do you get out of it? Can you walk away from the Lord? Is that an impossibility for you to walk away from the Lord if you already believe? No, you can still walk away. I'm not talking about your salvation, but go read the story of the prodigal son and tell me that you cannot walk away. Remember the story of the prodigal son, right? He walks away from his father. And what did he do? He took his blessings with him. He took his inheritance with him and said, let me go ahead and take my inheritance with me. And then what did he do? He squanders it and he parties and he's living a wild life. And then he's among the pigs. And when he's among the pigs, and he's about ready to eat the slop. He's about ready to eat the, the pig slop. He comes to him and he says, how many, how many servants in my father's house have plenty of bread to eat? I'm going to go back to my father. My favorite part of that story is when he starts plotting what he's going to say. Because that's me. Like, I'm in my car. Like, if Sarah and I are in an argument, I'm, I'm like, going over all the, all the points I had. Nothing's worse than what I've told Joey this before. Like, I'm on my way. I'm like, I'm a, I got points to make. And then I get home and Sarah's like, I'm sorry. I made you some cookies. I'm like, I had stuff. I had, I had stuff to say. <laughs> Here's the prodigal son. He's got stuff to say. He's going to tell his father. He, she knows how to defuse me, right? So, so he's going to go home. He's going to tell his father. And what's his father do when his father saw him? You remember this when the son came walking back. Remember what the father did? He came running to his son. And he said, my son was lost, but now he's found. Hey, listen, listen. I'm trying to tell you something. You can walk away from the Lord and you can also walk back. Do you get that? The Lord doesn't want you to walk away. God didn't drive out Cain and say, get out. Cain left. Cain was a murderer. And then Cain chose to leave. And I want to tell you the craziest part about walking away from the Lord. You ready for the craziest part? We actually know when we're doing it. I'm going to show it to you. This one I want you to turn to. Look in your Bibles at, <clears throat> look in your Bibles at 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7. And I'm going to read all the way through 12. 1 John chapter 3 verse 7 all the way through 12. So it's towards the end. If you see Jude or Revelation, you went too far. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. You got it? Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I hope you're catching on. I don't have time to preach that whole thing, but you should get that. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. 
Get that? The children of God and the children of the devil, they're manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now check this out. Look in verse 12. Not as who? You say it. Not as Cain, who was, wicked, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Listen, this is not rocket science. You don't need a seminary degree to understand, am I walking with the Lord or not? If you're not walking with the Lord, it is self-evident. There was a young man, he was in my youth group. Came every time the doors were open. I was a youth minister for seven years. This boy was there every time. He was there when the youth group was just a few kids, and he was there when the youth group was a bunch of kids. He was there for all of it. And then he found a girl. Told you, I'm sorry. Ladies, it is what it is. It's the way the story goes. I can't, I'm not changing it. He finds a girl, and that girl didn't like church. So he stopped going to church. First he stopped going to youth group. And then I caught wind that he was drinking. And so I called him, and I said, Hey, uh, somebody's been telling me that, that you're out drinking. I said, you know, I know you know better than that. And he didn't really want to hear that. He was, he was pretty upset with me at that point. He had already left the youth group, and then I had the audacity to call. <laughs> anyways, uh, that's what they paid me nothing for. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so I called the young man. And I told him, I said, I, I heard you were drinking, and he didn't like that very much. And then he quit coming to church altogether, just stopped coming. And then he moved in with his girlfriend. Moved out of his house, moved in with his girlfriend. Now, if you don't know this, let me just clarify it for you. We here at Salt and Light Baptist Church, we know better than that. It might be 2020, but you don't do that. Don't go living with somebody before you're married. That's sinful. Catch that? That wasn't hard either, was it? That's sinful. We don't do that. So he moves in with his girlfriend. And uh, I see him. It's like two, three years later. And so here I, I'm walking up, and, and if, you've ever, if you've ever been on my bad side, it doesn't last very long. I, I, see him on, I see him in a store or wherever, and I just walk up. I'm like, hey, what's up, guy? Like nothing's ever happened. I'm like, hey, it's good to see you. And I stuck my hand out, and I promise you, I'm not making this up. First words out of his mouth. He didn't say, how are you? How are the kids? At that time, we were like having kids all the time, so he didn't say, like, how many are you up to now or anything like that. He, I stick my hand out, and I say, hey, how's it been, man? And he grabs my hand, and this is what he said. I really know I need to get back in church. I didn't say anything about church. And by the way, parenthetical note, I won't even pass the plate for this. Getting in church was not what he needed, just so we understand. Like, like we all need to know this, right? Churches, we, we, as a culture, we understand like you can go to church if you're hurting or you need help or, or it's a good, it's, it seems like it's a good first step, but I just need you to know this. It's a means to an end. It's not a first step. Okay, the first step for you if you're walking away from the Lord is to get back right with the Lord. Okay, church is wonderful, but that's not, it's not going to fix that for you. You can come and sit in church and sing the songs, and you can leave and still live the same way you've been living. And what, what, what did it help? Do you understand what I'm saying there? But, but I wasn't, it, wasn't that, it wasn't time to correct him. I wasn't, I wasn't there for that. I didn't say a word. All I said was, hey, how's it going? And he's first words out of his mouth, hey, I don't know, I need to get back in church. So then, of course, what do, you, what do you think I did? By this point, we had started Salt and Light. And I said, hey, we, I've, I've started a church. I've planted a church. Why don't you, why don't you come out and, and, and try out our church if you're not in a church right now? Second thing he says. First was, I know I need back in church. And then you know what he said? I said, why don't you, why don't you come try Salt and Light? And you know what he said? I Man, I would, but there's all this stuff. I got school right now. And, I got, and he started listing all the stuff. Listen, this is the craziest thing. We actually know 
when we're, when we're away from him. We don't admit it. Like, you don't walk around with a sign. You don't, you don't put it as the background on your cell phone so that every time you swipe it open, you say, oh, yeah, I need to get right with the Lord. But deep down, you know, and when something reminds you, you know, and when you're alone, you know that you're not walking with the Lord and you need to get back with him. Cain walked away. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. And here's the, here's the next crazy part. You ready for this? Now, you're sticking with the story, right? Cain killed his brother. He is a murderer. God put a mark on him so everybody would know not to kill Cain. That also means everybody knows exactly who's the guy who killed his brother, right? You, you catch, you're catching on to that. Look at this in chapter 4 and verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after his son. In case you're confused, thinking Enoch built the city. God clarified that for you. He built the city and called it after the name of his son. And what's the name of the city? Enoch. Cain. Not Enoch. Cain. The guy with the mark. The murderer. Are you catching this? Built a city. That's not happenstance. This isn't like he had kids and the kids hung around and their kids hung around and grandkids hung around and they just kind of ended up developing a, an area to live. That's not what it says, is it? This is not happenstance. He set his mind to it. Here is Cain. He leaves the presence of the Lord and what does he do? I'm going to build a city. I can't grow anymore. I can't grow any food anymore. If I was in his shoes, I know what I would have done. I would have started with the marketplace. I build me a nice marketplace and get people to come to the marketplace, and that way there's stuff for me to eat. I mean, you do understand that when Cain goes out and builds a city, that does, this isn't like caveman city, like, oh, you know, there's a cave in there. He built a city. There's bricks and there's buildings. There's a marketplace. There's some sort of currency. This is a full-on city, and we'll talk about how we get that number of people, how we could get that many people in just a moment. I'll get to that. Cain goes out and he builds a city. And here's the craziest thing I want to tell you about this. People went to the city. Doesn't that seem crazy? I mean, they, they moved. Can you imagine moving to Cain's city? Of all the places in the world to go, I mean, you could, it's early in the world. Build your own city if you <laughs> That seemed like a lot of work. So people start moving Cain, the murderer, Cain with the mark, Cain walks away from God, Cain builds a city, and people came to the city. And now there's business and there's industry, and you'll see some of those business and industry here in a moment. We'll get to those. He starts building industry, and people are, are moving there. I don't know about you, but I, it would not be my first choice to move to Cain's city. I remember when I was... Uh, a manager for Arby's, they came to me and they said, We're, we'll make you a general manager and we'll pay you 45000 a year. I was like 20, 20 years old. I'm like, 45 grand? That sounds awesome. And, and I'm like, what's the catch? I'm like, no, no, no catch. And then they came back to me and they told me that they wanted me to move to Gary, Indiana. You don't move to Gary, Indiana. Now, if you don't know about Gary, Indiana, I'm educating you. You don't move there, <laughs> okay? That's like, that's like murder capital. That's Kane City. You don't go to Gary, Indiana. I can't imagine who would be willing to go to Kane City, but actually I want to make another point for you. Sin always seems to find itself. My granddad used to say it this way, birds of a feather flock together. And Paul said it this way. Why don't you turn in your Bibles again to Romans chapter 1 and verse 29. And we'll read all the way through 32. Romans chapter 1, verse 29 to 32. Romans chapter 1, verse 29 says this, Being filled with all unrighteousness, 
sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. That might sound like somebody, Cain, maybe. Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Kids, listen up. Verse 31, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. God said, you can do right. If you don't, sin lays at the door, but you know how to do right. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Are you ready for this? Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. How could Cain populate his city? How, could, why, how would anybody go to Cain's city? Would you go to Enoch? I wouldn't go to Enoch. Not that city. But it probably wasn't too hard to populate it. Because generally speaking, and I'm going to get real practical here, sin likes to find other sin and even approves of sin. And before you know it, that which was unspeakable is now celebrated. That's exactly what we're seeing right now. That's exactly what we're seeing right now as we have... Uh, can, I just, can I get political for a few minutes? And this really isn't political. It shouldn't be political. You know, we're seeing the same thing with abortion right now. We were talking Wednesday night. I can't remember who of you I was talking with Wednesday night about the website Shout Your Abortion. There's a, a website about shouting that you've had an abortion and promoting that you've had an abortion. I, I just want you to know something, by the way. If, if there's nothing wrong with something, you usually don't have to make a website that says Shout It Out. You get that? Like you, there's, 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 not a whole, there's not a whole lot of websites out there that are like, I went to Walmart. <laughs> Shoutyourshopping.com. It does, it's not existent, is it? Why is it not existent? I'll tell you why it's not existent. Because that's just a normal thing. But the abnormal thing that we're doing is we're killing babies inside the mother's womb. And then what we're doing is finding people who have done it too. And we say, oh, look, and here's the worst part. Are you ready? The vast majority of women have not had abortions. It's just that the vast majority of people are willing to agree with it. And I'm going to give you some other ones. You ready? I told you I was going to get political. We got the same thing going on with all this transgenders and homosexual garbage going on right now. You do understand that they make up a very small, minute portion of the population. They are not a gigantic portion of the population, but what do we have happening? We've got, all the, we've got all the bleeding hearts saying, oh, but wait a minute. But shouldn't they have equal rights? I, I'm just confused. I'd like to know where there was ever non-equal rights. I'm telling you, you, you show me. I said this to someone recently. I said, you show me. You tell me what industry. You tell me what Google, what, what police academy or police station or, or what walk. Give me an industry that had a manual that said, now, if they're homosexual, you tell them they can't work here. You can't find that. But the screaming the loudest, and now they've got everybody rallied on their side. And now if you take a flag down and stomp on their flag, that's apparently terroristic threatening or terrorism or whatever, and they'll put you in jail for it. And if you think I'm wrong, go check it out. It happened to a guy. He's got 15 years for pulling down a flag outside of a church that put up a gay, gay pride flag. He pulled it down stomped on it. They put him in prison. Nobody's talking about that one. Oh, we're too busy talking about halftime shows. Am I right? See, how did Cain populate his city? Because why? Well, it's not hard to get people who are sinful to come together. Because, see, if I, if, my, if I have sin, yeah, I have sin, and you have sin, and so if we just agree, hey, I'll let you do your sin, and I'll let you do your sin, then you'll let me do my sin. 
Get how that happens? Now let me tell you the difference with the believer. Are you ready for what happens with the believer? It's not that I'm, I no longer have any sin. I still sin, but there's a difference. When I sin, I abhor it. I hate it. And I repent of it. And I cry out to God and I say, God, I'm so sorry. I, I don't aim for it. I don't set, I don't put, I like how uh, Bob Russell used to say it. He used to say that people would have sin on their calendars. Uh, you don't put sin on your calendar. You don't, you don't plan for it. You don't aim for it. When a believer sins, it's not, because he, it's not because he sets out to go sin. He sins and then he repents. And he confesses and believes that if he confesses to the Lord Jesus that he'll forgive me. I'll, I'm going to use me as the first person. That if I confess my sins that he'll forgive me of all unrighteousness. And I have to take that on faith. Because truly the believer, if you really believe in Christ, you know this. When we sin then we feel awful and we feel dirty and we feel ashamed. And if you really start to think about it, you think, how would he ever want me? Why would he ever call me? Why would he ever have me? And so the only thing that I have to rest on is not my repentance. It's not my good works. It's not that I'm not going to do it anymore. The only thing I have left to rest on is him and his mercy because he's told me that he would forgive me. Cain walks away from the Lord and he doesn't repent. He builds a city. And then people start coming to the city. I'll bet that made him feel pretty good. Hey, now he's got food to eat. And then he has kids. Look at his kids. That He starts having these children. Look how fast. I love the way the Bible just goes so fast through things like this. We're in verse uh, 18. So we've built the city of Enoch. And then in verse 18, to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begot Methushael, and Methushael begot Lamech. Did you notice we just spanned in a verse... We just spanned six generations. Cain, Cain goes to Enoch. Enoch to Irad. Irad goes to Mahujael. Mahujael goes to Methushael. And Methushael goes to Lamech. Six generations in one verse. Now, someone says to me, how was there a city? How would there be people to pop? We had creation, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, fall of man, two brothers, Cain kills Abel, and now there's a city. That seems strange if you go in that line. If you, if you put it in that order, it just doesn't seem right. Let me give you some numbers here real quick. I love numbers. I'm a numbers guy. Does anybody know if you took one penny, if you took one penny and you doubled it every day, so one penny becomes two on day two. Day one, one penny. Day two, two pennies. Day three, four pennies. Day four, eight pennies, 16. So you double every day. Do you know how much you would have in money after 30 days? I'll challenge you because I didn't believe it myself. It's over a billion. You double a penny every day for 30 days, and at the end of 30 days, it's over a billion. Do, do the math. Go home. Hit you you got to get a special. You can't use an old school calculator. You've got to use your cell phone calculator because the numbers, you get enough numbers. It's over a billion if you double it. Now, listen, we've got people living these long lives. We'll read that in chapter 5. People are living long, long lives, 900 years, 800 years, another 900 years. We'll get to that in a little bit. If they're living these long lives and then... Adam has a son, and then his son, Adam doesn't just have one son, but he probably had lots of sons, right? I mean, we'll read of some of those. And then, so his sons, Cain, being one of them, he starts having children. He has Enoch. You think Enoch was his only child? No, Enoch was not his only child. Enoch, he had multiple children, and he had Enoch. And then Enoch had multiple children. So let's even use the number for a moment and say, let's even say that they had ten. I read one commentator, I did not do the math on this, but it sounds about right, that if each of the children of Adam, if Adam was to have children for 50 years, and then he, all of those children were to have 
ten children. And then those children had ten children and so on. By the time you get to Cain, before the sixth generation, by the time you get to Cain, you're probably somewhere in the nature of a million people on the earth. It's an exponential growth. It doesn't start out fast. Yeah, Cain had to grow up. But we're talking 30 years in Cain's life compared to 900 years in Adam's life. Do you understand that? And Cain the same. Cain lived a long life. Where did the people come from? Well, it's exponential growth. They're growing fast. There's people, and then there's more people, and there's more people, and they're, they're growing very fast, so fast that obviously there's a city. The city is called Enoch, and they were able to populate that city. Now, look at what happens inside of the city. Look, Lamech, I'm in verse 19. Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the second was Zillah. And Ada bore Jabel, and he was the father of all those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, so there's Jabel and Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. And as for Zillah, she also bore Tubal Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Let's just stop there for a moment. You got to understand there's a, there's, Cain has built a city, and now you're seeing that Cain had a son, uh, Enoch. That's the city he named it. Enoch had a son, Irad, and then so on down the line. Six generations down. We're now six generations removed from Cain, and there's this guy named Lamech. Lamech goes out, and for the first time in the Scriptures, we see that Lamech takes for himself two wives. Do you understand that we're not getting better? Sin was on the earth. Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. I don't like this idea when people try to tell me that the fruit that Adam and Eve ate, it wasn't really fruit. No, I believe it was really fruit. The Bible says it was a tree, and there was fruit on the tree, and they ate of the fruit. And then you might say, well, that doesn't seem that bad. Well, eating fruit is not bad. They had tons of fruit they could eat. Disobeying God was bad. God said, don't eat that fruit, and that's what they did. So we went from eating a piece of fruit, disobeying God by eating a piece of fruit, and by the time we get to Lamech, now we're seeing polygamy. And can I get real political? You know polygamy is next on our list. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you the order. Are you ready? I am not a prophet. I'm just not dumb. We've already legalized, and now we're celebrating, and we're actually forcing homosexual marriage. Do you know what comes after homosexual marriage? The next step, polygamy. Poly, more than one. Here's how it'll be rationalized. You ready for it? If I can't help who I fall in love with, who's to say I can only fall in love with one? And right now, that's illegal in our country, but soon enough, they'll just wipe that away and they'll say, well, we won't have to. I mean, you can't help who you fall in love with. They're right. If they want to, who are we to say that they can't have two wives? Who are we to say that they can't have multiple spouses? Who are we? And you ready? I told you I was going to give the order. You ready for the order? In order, it goes like this it'll be polygamy. After polygamy, it'll be animals. You, You think that's disgusting? That's not me. I guarantee you, there are people dressing up like animals already. If you gave them a chance to marry their dog, they would. I'm just telling you the truth. And after animals, you mark my word, it'll be kids. You open up the door to sin, and sin grows. It doesn't get better. I I don't remember who I was talking to the other day here in church, and I I told him we were talking about things that have happened in history like pyramids and and Stonehenge and whatever, and I have an opinion about that, and my opinion is this. I don't think we're getting smarter. We think we're getting smarter because of our technology. We've got these cool cell phones, but really we don't know half what we used to know. Now we've got to ask Google everything. 
Um, right? Every time somebody doesn't know something, they just Google it and they decide that, that now all of a sudden they know it, but they don't really know it. They Googled it, right? I don't think we're getting smarter. We're not getting any better. And so how did they used to have these great feats? Well, they, they were smart. Things are not getting... If you look at, at the way our whole life goes, things don't get better. They get worse. Progressively, our bodies get worse. And the same thing is happening on our planet. We started with Adam and Eve, and they used to live 900 years. Now, if you get to 100, you get to be on wave three on, at 6 o'clock in the morning. Right? We're not getting better. It's slowly getting worse. What happened from Cain to Lamech? Cain was a murderer. He murdered his brother. This kind of like wrath comes up on him and he murders his brother. And then we get to this guy named Lamech. And by the time we get to Lamech, first he's a polygamist and he takes two wives. And look at inside of his city real quick. Let's take a look at that. I know I'm, I'm, I might be a little bit late, but I won't hold you long. I promise. Look, just look through his city and I want to make a couple more points and then we'll be done. Lamech took for himself two wives, Ada and the other second was Zillah. And Ada bore Jabel, and he was the father of all those who dwell in tents and have livestock. Okay, so you get what he is, right? He's got livestock. He's, he's a farmer, and he's got animals. Old MacDonald had a farm, right? That's what he is. He's a farmer, he's got animals, and he's the father of those who dwell in tents, and they have livestock. They're shepherds, and they're farmers. He's got, his brother's name was Jubal. He's the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. We've got musicians. And then... As for Zillah, she bore Tubal Cain, and he's an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. So we've got somebody who's making things out of bronze and iron, so that's probably weapons and shields and machinery and tools, things to dig with and things to, to plant in the ground. Do you understand that Cain's city is a thriving city? Enoch is a thriving city with lots of industry and lots happening there, and I want you to hear this before we close out today. Sin always looks appealing from the outside. We look at those, even, even, um, uh, even Habakkuk in the Bible, remember him, that God's going to punish Israel, and Habakkuk was mad. Why? Because it seemed like people who were more evil than Israel were going to get to come in and be used by God to punish Israel, and Habakkuk just couldn't wrap his mind around that. Those people, if we should be punished for being evil, then, then they should be punished even more because they're more evil. But we look around the earth and we don't see people being punished because they're evil. It seems like those who are evil prosper. And those who cheat and lie seem to have more. And then even more than that, we celebrate sin and we picture it with our media and our pictures and our radio. We, we paint this picture of sinful things as if, look, if you participate in this, look how great it is. Look how fun the party is. Look how much fun they're having. Look at what they're doing. Look what you're missing out on. Very similar to the way Satan sold Eve sin. Look what you're missing out on. If you would take this fruit, then you would know good and evil, but she already knew good. It's just the way it was. He, he wasn't presenting no good and evil. He was presenting to her, well, he was really presenting the pride of life. You'll be like God, and you'll know good and evil. And so he presents her with the fruit, and that's what she was tempted with. Listen, from the outside, you could look at Cain City, and you'd go, there's industry, there's a market, that's where it started. And there's buildings, and there's, and there's rent, and people are, there's houses to rent, and there's places to go, and there's entertainment, there's music, people are playing the harp. and the, We are talking, there was Adam and Eve and Cain and then these descendants, and now we've already got people making harps and flutes. There's music, and there's probably celebrating and dancing, and there's probably parties, and it looked great. But you, did you notice what we missed? There's no Melchizedek. There's no priest. There's no worship. There's no, there's no place of worship. There's no one to make sacrifices. There's no one in, in Cain's city. What is missing? Anyone to worship. Look at what he says here. 
This is, this is what Moses recorded for us. Ada and Zillah, Lamech speaks in verse 23. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. So a young guy hurts Lamech in some way, wounds him, and Lamech killed him. And look at the quote that he gives. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Six generations down the line, from Cain to Lamech, we've got at least six. If, if Moses didn't skip any in between there, because sometimes we see the writers doing that in the Bible, that they'll, they'll skip over some names. They're just giving us the really important names. So if he didn't skip, we have at least six generations from Cain to Lamech. That's four greats. Great, 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 great grandfather, Cain. How, how far back would your great-great-great-great-grandfather be? And what does Lamech remember Cain for? If Cain should be avenged for killing his brother, then Lamech would be avenged 77-fold because he's of the line of Cain. He is not even, are you ready for this? He's not even ashamed of his sin. He's proud of it. Lamech is literally saying, if Cain gets to be avenged for killing his brother, then I would be avenged 77-fold. He's proud of what he's done. I killed a young man. Now that's important because, number one, the earth is becoming violent, and we'll see that as we get into the story of Noah. But more importantly, I just want to say this. You do need to recognize that you will be known by your fruit. Don't come crying. Listen, I see this one all the time. Don't come crying when your kids followed the same path that you took. Why do you think they followed it? Because you took it. You'll be known by your fruit. And Lamech says here, he calls back to his great, 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 great granddad and says he killed his brother and he was avenged. And so if, anybody, if, he, if, if he would be avenged, notice he didn't call on God's name. He didn't say God would avenge him. He just said he should be avenged. And then look in verse 25, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God had appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Do you see the difference? I wish I could spend a little more time here, but do you see the difference? Cain builds a city. There's people in the city. It's populated. There's industry in the city. It looks good. But what do we see six generations from Cain? They're still remembering that he murdered his brother, and they're calling on that. Look at the line of Seth. Here's Adam. And Adam and Eve have a son, a, another son. He's the brother of Cain. His name is Seth. This is like a meanwhile. Get it? Like the story. Here's Cain's story. And meanwhile, Adam and Eve had another son. And their son, it was Seth. He was, God gave them Seth to replace Abel. And did you catch the end? Seth has a son, names him Enosh. And men began to call on the name of the Lord. From Seth's line, the godly line that's about to be, uh, that's about to be put in place, men begin to call on the name of the Lord. That's not just Seth. It doesn't say Seth called on the name of the Lord, but it says men begin to call on the name of the Lord. The implication there is that Seth is leading people to call on the name of the Lord. Now I want you to hear this. You are leaving a legacy for your children, for the people around you, for the people that see you and know you. We've always heard that actions speak louder than words. And here's what I'm asking you today. What legacy are you leaving? If people were to follow your steps and be like you, are they going to call on the name of the Lord? Or are they going to call out to be avenged just like you were? Which, which way would you rather be known? 
And I want to end it even better than that. Which way do you want to be known by God? Do you want to be known for your sin and for the wrong things that you've done? Or do you want to be known for calling on the name of His Son, Jesus, who saves you if you call upon Him? You know the Bible says that, right? For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will save you if you'll call on His name. He's the Son of God who bled for you and died for you. He rose again three days to give you new life. And if, if you'll put your faith in Him, that's exactly what He'll do. Let's all stand up on our feet and let's go to the Lord in prayer to close. Heavenly Father, Lord, we turn to You in Jesus' name and we ask You for this time of invitation to do with it Your will. Father, I pray that if there's anyone that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that even right now that they wouldn't be known by their sin anymore. But Father, that they'd be known as a child of you and for their faith in you. Lord, the devil is the accuser. He wants us to be remembered by our sin. But you forgive and you have mercy. So Father, we pray that your mercy and your grace would be poured out upon this time of invitation and that not one soul would leave this place without being sure that they are safe in your arms because you are the true king who has offered your son that we might come to you. Father, we ask you to do the work in Jesus' name. Amen.